It's the 11 Dubcast. I'm Johnny Gitter. I'm Michael Citro. And we're free. <laughs> we're free from this hell. Free at last. Free basketball. at last. Thank you. Thank you, baby Jesus. <laughs> Lord in heaven. Thank you for, for freeing us from this bondage that is the 2015-2016 Ohio State men's basketball team. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I, did I mention I'm Johnny Ginner? You did mention you're Johnny Ginner. Okay, well, I just want to reiterate that I'm Johnny Ginner, that and I'm, like, super happy we right don't talk about that. That, I, that was right before I mentioned I'm Michael Citro. That's good. Um, by the way, the 11 Dubcast, the very grateful, relieved 11 Dubcast, is brought to you by our dry goods store on the website. If you guys want to check that out, I highly recommend it. Uh, get, get those cool t-shirts for the summer, guys. It's, it's time to, you know, get suns out, guns out a little bit. Yeah. So, Step up you know, your t-shirt got, uh, game. Yeah, and you know what? Again, they got the the cool duck shirt. We've got the we've got both the eighty five yards to the heart of the south and uh, the uh, the the great. I don't know if we can say holy buckeye, but it, it, it's kind of like that, right? It's, it's a diagram. It's the diagram of the play that became holy buckeye, but we can't call it holy buckeye without getting yes. sued. Yes, but it's but it's a great shirt, and so are the other things that we have on the site. I actually had a student come up to me a couple days ago, and be like, Johnny. Do you have stickers on there? I'm like, yes, we do. You should buy one. <laughs> so there you go. I'm selling to my students. That's good. You know, it's, you gotta you gotta do a little bit of marketing. Yes, in life. you do. And been... speaking of that, Johnny, I don't want. I, I think we would be remiss if we didn't ask our our faithful Dubcast listeners to maybe stop by on iTunes and give us a, a nice review if you like what you hear. Yeah, go ahead and do that. That would be great. Um, we uh, we we honestly we we want feedback. We want to know what you guys think of the the Dubcast and how we can improve it. So if you want to get on iTunes there and do that. That would be awesome. Uh, okay, so let's talk about basketball and then never talk about it again. So they, they, hmm. they're they done with the NIT. It's over. They, they lost to Florida in, in really convincing fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katie Bates-Diop was out, I believe. He was, yes. He's I, got mono. Yes. Yeah, he's got mono, which is not fun. I've had mono. And, of course, you're missing you know some other guys and whatnot and blah, blah, blah. And I guess you can make excuses all you want. This is just a bad end to a not great season and there was one really fun game to watch and then approximately 33 <laughs> games that were not fun to watch yeah um so i mean look i i'm not necessarily laying this at the feet of thad mata i think you i mean i kind of am i, I think you've really got to start developing like more leadership on the team and and really just you know especially with d'angelo russell's comments about guys just not you know being present um, you know, before games and really putting an extra effort and how that much that must have frustrated him. I feel like if that's the case, you need to really shake things up. And hopefully that's what he does in the offseason because I, I think this, this program in general needs a kick in the pants. There's, you, you're looking at basically like two or three years now of just mediocre play given what we've seen before that. So I don't know. I agree. I think that that certainly some shakeups need to, to happen. I would like to see some new blood brought into the assistant coaching ranks. Um, somebody that can get somehow get Mark Loving motivated to be the guy that, that you know, he's the first guy in the gym and the last guy to leave right. and that kind of thing. Because he's your junior. He's going to be your only senior. And he's yeah. the guy that needs to do that because there's these guys are young and they don't they don't. You know they don't have that person they can look up to. I mean, the the star guy on the team the year before was a freshman and he left. 
So you know, Mark Loving just he plays like he's suppressing a yawn for the entire game. He's got you know the I mean? Amir Williams disease where he just doesn't look like he's having a whole lot of fun. He's just it's like, eh, let me go play some basketball, go to college for a couple years. To be fair, to be fair to Mark Loving though, he's a much more effective player <laughs> yes, than Amir. Yes, he certainly yes, he is. He is. He's not as effective as he sometimes thinks he is. Um, I mean, I agree with when that. When he tries but... to dribble around two guys that are quicker than right. him and just ends <laughs> up... The dude has no handle, but he can <laughs> shoot, right? Like, yeah. And, and, and really, like, I... Yeah, I think he just needs to become the emotional center. Team. I don't know that's going to happen, yeah. but I do think that things need to be shaken up a little Jay bit. Jay Tate is the heart of this team. And when he, he yes. went down, you know, the whole... The whole attitude of the team changed, and it was it was it went right. from like this scrappy team that tried and couldn't quite get there to this team that just uh, all right, let's just play out the string kind of thing almost. Right, and it, that's yeah, the way and, it and seemed. Maybe, well, and maybe I don't know. Maybe a team kind of needs to realize that, and especially a young team needs to realize that they can't just rely on one dude to be the spark. You know, like maybe that's something. Maybe this really is the lesson that they need to draw from this. I also expect that Mata to shake things up a little bit with regards to his assistant coaching staff. Um, Jeff Bowles' cryptic Instagram, you know, <laughs> messages aside, I just think that was kind of inevitability, especially after you know the clamorings I think people have had the past couple seasons. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, Developing those, <laughs> they, they got to develop a big man, and they haven't done that in a long time. And I, and I that ha- you know that comes down to your your position coaching. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing you see, and, and what's frustrating about that this season is that you've seen a couple guys, you know, who feel like you could be, they could be that, right? Yeah. Like, you could be that, and especially defensively, you know, with Thompson and whatnot, like, there are guys like, wow, this dude could dominate, you know, in the paint if he really wanted to, at least defensively, and you see the talent there, but you don't see the skill or technique there, and that's where you got to look at the coaching, and that's what, you know, again, that's what bothers me because, you know, you want to see improvement. And you saw some improvement, but honestly, just not nearly enough over the course of the season. And that's frustrating, especially when you have a lot of talent on a team. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, next year, team's not going to change a whole hell of a lot, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you pretty much, this is the horse you rode in on. So, I mean, <laughs> you're going to have to going to have to kind of ride or die with a lot of these guys. And a little more experience, uh, you know, as these guys have gotten yeah. a year under their belt. I, I think David Giddens could be, or Daniel Giddens could be a really um, a really good player. He could develop into a really good player. I think that, uh, yeah. um, you know, certainly there's there's a lot of desire and heart in, in guys like Jay Sean Tate. And uh, Keita Bates-Diop has another year under his belt. And, and I liked uh, what we saw from Lyle. You know, it wasn't consistent, but he certainly got a lot of skill. And he's one of those yeah. guys that, if he sticks around four years, he's going to be one of those guys where he's going to go one-on-one down the stretch of all the big games and just dominate by taking it to the rim. Um, yeah. He just <laughs> has that kind of ability already as a freshman to just, if he right. gets a half a step, he's, it's, it's a layup. And yeah. it's it's going to be awesome to see his uh, his career unfold. One thing I liked it's about knowing it, when to do that they, they got they got off to a horrible start, which killed them. And then they right. they fought back to get back within a point at the half. And then then the second half happened, and it just didn't seem like they. It's like oh, okay, well we close enough. We got to within. <laughs> um, the second half really could have not been played except for the fact that AJ Harris made two of the best plays he's made all season. Yeah, I was about to say that's dumb. <laughs> uh, I'm probably going to take two things away from the season. One is the Kentucky game, which I enjoyed thoroughly, yes. and then the the AJ Harris dunk, where he just 
you know, as as they said on TV, he dunked over the entire state of Florida, <laughs> uh, and he's like five nine, yeah. which makes it so much dunked better. Dunked on a guy a, a foot taller than him, yeah. and and then you know a few minutes later he had that ridiculous no look behind the back pass. Yeah. Uh, so maybe his two best plays as a Buckeye both happened in that second half. Also, possibly his last two best plays as a Buckeye. Yeah, I mean we're we're hearing rumors that he's a, a potential candidate for transfer. I think he would. I think he's in a good spot to be the sixth man and, and to get a lot of playing time next year. Um, yeah, and and he, well, even possibly I mean, play with Lyle like he did a lot in in the game, uh, right. You know, over the weekend. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I you know, I, I don't know. I, I I am very negative at this point in part because of the way the season played out, but I know that's not like where I'd like to be for a long time. And I like Thad Mata so much, and I just. I just want him to be a little more successful than this. I think if you see another season like this next year, his seat starts to get fairly warm. I think so, too, um, yeah. Because that 20 wins is great, but it is certainly not what Ohio State fans expect. I, I wrote about this a few weeks ago. It, it's cool that you hit 20 wins, but we are beyond that. Like we have, we have moved beyond that as a program, and 20 wins means about diddly squat at this point. Yeah, now it's 25. And that's, and that's a credit. Now you got to get 25. Yeah, well, and that's a credit to Thad Mata, right? Like he has definitely gotten the program to that point. But it is. He's the know. one that raised the, st- the the expectations to that level because it wasn't. Right, but there. now he's got to fulfill that. Yeah, yeah. He's got to maintain and and even take the next step. And you, every couple of years, you got to make a run of some type in the postseason. Um, you yeah. know, to to you know to keep things going and to, I mean, it helps recruiting. I mean, it helps everything, um, helps the fan base and you need to get to the sweet 16 every couple of years at, when you're at, you know, at a high profile, um, spot like Ohio state. I mean, I want him to be the Tom Ryan of the basketball team. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that's fair. That's, that's a very, that's, that's an excellent seg into our, uh, into our next topic. Let's talk about wrestling. Wrestling. Michael, you did a lot of good wrestling coverage this past uh, this past weekend, I believe. And uh, let's talk about it. What happened in the NCAA's? In case you people don't know, especially with a guy named Kyle Snyder, destroyer of worlds. Yeah, it almost seemed like I knew what I was talking about when I wrote those stories. Right. Um, not a not a big history of watching wrestling. Um, in fact, the last time I was this into wrestling, it was because of Goldberg and his undefeated. Oh, streak. hey, by the way, okay, <laughs> it's funny you mention that. So before we get into it, I want to tell you a quick story. Okay. I was trying to explain, this is when I was living in Japan, right? And a lot of the kids, I would introduce myself to the kids in a, you know, a little thing called Jiko Shogai, and I was, I was uh, introducing myself to these kids, and they would ask me, you know, what kind of sports are popular in Ohio? And of course I say, you know, football, you know, which they've heard of, but they don't really understand. Or I'd say basketball, you know, which is fairly popular. Um, but sometimes, because I would remember my Midwestern roots, I would say, but we also like, a lot of people also like wrestling. Mm-hmm. And the kids would be like, wrestling? And then they started like pressing, like practicing like pro wrestling moves on each other. <laughs> like, we love wrestling. Like, not that kind of wrestling, guys. Yeah, and I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like Olympic wrestling, yeah. which isn't exactly true, but Olympic wrestling, and they're like, oh, and then they would kind of lose all interest. Not off but, the top turnbuckle. Um, yeah, unfortunately not. But they shouldn't lose interest because wrestling, collegiate wrestling, folk-style wrestling, whatever you want to call it, uh, is amazing. And I'm really glad that you and Kurt and, and you know our site were able to put it out there so much this past weekend yeah. because it, it was great. The NCAAs were amazing, and, of course, it featured one of the greatest Wrestling matches of all time. It was. And Ohio State came in as the defending national champions, of course, after last year. And um, 
No, yep. Logan Stieber going four for four for his collegiate career, winning national championships. And oh man, I had chills watching that match. That was. And then oof. this year, you know, they came in and, and they kind of knew they weren't going to probably contend for the title, but they got on the podium with a third place finish, which they they made up two spots the last day, and they uh, they got two national champions on Saturday night. They had two uh, third place finishers, uh, which you know was a little a little disappointing, I think, for Nathan Tomasello's perspective. Bo yeah. Jordan, I think we figured maybe a third was a good finish for him. It, the main thing with Bo Jordan is he's got to avoid wrestling his cousin because he can't seem to beat his cousin. <laughs> <laughs> and every time right. he, he wrestles his cousin, he loses. So if he could have avoided that side of the bracket, he might have uh, made it to the national championship match. But, um, yeah, Miles Martin, a true freshman, winning a national championship from the number 11 seed. So – I mean, that was and th- and that's definitely I think story number two. And if you're yeah, going to talk about he's, he's he took down some yeah he took down some dudes that nobody expected him <laughs> to be able to compete with. So I think that's pretty yeah. Awesome. I mean he had he had sort of you know a good record, but not like you know the guys in some of the some of the wrestlers in his bracket were like right. thirty one and one and you know things like that. And and you know he had to go up against a guy who had beaten him three times previously this season uh, in the in the championship match, and he he darn near pinned him. In yeah. the second period, he was great. so uh, a great finish for Miles Martin. He's one of those kids who he now has a chance to do that and go on and and win four national titles in four years, and and he certainly has the talent to do it. And he's uh, he seems to be a, just a really likable kid. And you know, again, I, I'm not a huge wrestling guy, but watching that match, I mean, he just has like kind of a star quality to him. I thought, um, and uh, you know, it helped that he beat a guy from Penn State, so that was fun. Right. Fun to see. And then in the heavyweight championship match, maybe, I mean, people are calling it the best match they've seen. And I, you know, certainly I've only seen, you know, a fraction of the matches that some of these guys have seen. But to me, it was a, a incredibly exciting and compelling. And and you know, I was on the edge of my seat. And Kyle Snyder, who he was supposed to have an Olympic red shirt this year, and they took it off in I think December, and he. Mm-hmm. He went out there, and uh, all he did was beat a guy who had won 88 straight matches and uh, back-to-back national championships. And, and what was great about it is that the the way he did it, right? Like, yeah, he, it's such a comeback win, and then the you know to kind of pull it out in overtime, it that was intense. That was really, really. So intense. you know what's that impressive was... to me, Johnny, is that he's he was giving up 30 pounds to this guy. Yeah, this guy Kwiatkowski, yeah. um, who was the favorite, obviously a two-time uh, national champion, had thirty pounds on him, and is not only big but very athletic and quick. And so he got up, you know, in the in the final period, he was up, I think, five to two at one point, and then it, and then an escape made it five to three. But it was it was really late in the game. I mean, it was like kind of like almost hail mary time, and he had an extra point from from riding time, and then um, Snyder was able to get a takedown, and then get the riding time down under a minute so it took away that point and and made sudden victory and in sudden victory gets to take down and, and very exciting match yeah it was great and you know what i got i just gotta say like after watching these things i mean the idea that it would even take away this from the the olympics is just another crime i mean i know it's not the same thing right like collegiate wrestling is not exactly the same as olympic wrestling but it's it's the oldest sport to ever be. Like people have been wrestling since people had arms and legs mm-hmm. to to wrestle with. And I just I don't know. It it is a really cool sport to watch and to watch people get into. It's it really is just the epitome of sports and competition. And I, I like it a lot. I'm I'm a big fan of of collegiate wrestling. Um, the other thing that I want to say is that I you know one of the things that I think 
is a little weird about wrestling, or at least a little unusual, is maybe the scoring system and whatnot. And I think some people are maybe afraid of getting into it, or at least trying to watch it or what, mm-hmm. whatever, because of maybe their unfamiliarity with the sport in general. I just don't think that should ever be a bear. If you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know if I should be paying attention, maybe I won't get into it, you will. Just sit down, okay, sit down, watch a couple of these, maybe watch you know some of the highlights or whatever on YouTube or ESPN or whatever. You will get into it. It is super, super exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm really looking forward to that. And, and the Olympics, honestly, uh, coming up here pretty soon, just to see how that all pans out too. Yeah, I thought the commentators did a good job of, of explaining. Oh, they were explaining they were the excellent. scoring, you know, as it happened. I thought they did a good job with that because, you know, they knew they had a lot of first time, uh, right. you know, viewers. And it, I can remember <laughs> I used I've been um, completely different sport, but I used to I've been I've been a NASCAR fan my whole life, and I remember sure. when NASCAR exploded and got huge, and then all of a sudden the broadcasters were talking way down and, and like, trying to explain every little thing. And it was, to me, who had been a part of this sport for a long time, it was really annoying. <laughs> and, it's, and they still right. kind of do it to this day. It's like they're explaining little things like, like what it means when the car is loose. And I'm like, oh, come on, that's just basic stuff. You know, and, <laughs> and so I can imagine there's like these wrestling fanatics out there going, these guys are idiots, you know. <laughs> right. But um, I, I thought the coverage was very good. Um some of the camera angles and stuff, and and I I just it was a very exciting event, and and you couldn't watch that heavyweight championship match between Gwizdowski and Snyder and not come away with that impressed with both wrestlers. Yeah, absolutely agreed. Also, last thing before we move on a little bit, uh, women's basketball is still in it to win it, yeah, which is nice. Okay, they they had a a good win over West Virginia. Kelsey Mitchell's good. <laughs> Kelsey Mitchell isn't just good. Kelsey Mitchell is the team. Like she's scoring half the team's points every single game. Um, that's God. She's insane. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I'm not a huge women's basketball fan, but I will definitely watch those games just to watch her play because what she's doing on the court is hilarious. Like it's really funny yeah. and awesome. Amherst Olsen was you know coming back from injury and she wasn't um, 100%. And you know you could tell she wasn't 100%. And then they they just kept saying, okay, uh, Kelsey, the ball's in your hands. You do yeah. what you do. And she wasn't always efficient, and she kind of got tired in the second half. But I thought she did enough. And of course, uh, she when she drove the lane, she was just getting hacked left and right. She set. Oh, set sure. new school records for free throw attempts and free throws made in a game and and uh, forty five was forty five points she she put up the most points in the first two rounds uh, a game in the first two rounds of NCAA women's tournament yeah and she she's going to continue to bust records I mean she's just she's legit yeah so uh, yeah I, I think that we'll, we'll definitely keep you guys on, uh, on updated on how those women are doing in the NCAA's sweet sixteen. Okay, joining us today, we are really, really happy to, to welcome back to our program. We haven't seen you in a couple months. Uh, Finkus, Matt Finkus for Finkus on wrestling and football and other things. So thanks for joining Come us on, tonight, you man. Know, I, I do it all. I do it all. Come You're on. a renaissance man. You are a true <laughs> renaissance man. And we are really, like, so obviously there's some definitely some doings uh, transpiring uh, when it comes to Ohio State wrestling recently. And yeah. given your background, not just in football, but also in wrestling, um, I kind of wanted to get your take on how Ohio State performed in the NCAAs, and especially Kyle Snyder, which was, I think most people would agree, maybe the, one of the greatest collegiate wrestling matches of all time. That was sick. And, as, and yeah, especially I mean, it was, somebody who doesn't know a lot about wrestling. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and I'll tell you, it, it, it's fun to have watched the sport grow. Uh, you know, I mean, wrestling was kind of really my first love. I mean, that's that's where I grew up. My dad was a high school wrestling coach. Uh, you know, I wrestled from the time I was six, seven years old, you know, probably even before that. But, um, you know, all the way through high school and until I realized I could actually play football. And football is a lot easier than wrestling, and I didn't have to cut weight or, or do any of those things to play football. <laughs> So I was like, hey, hey, I don't, I don't have to starve myself and I can still get a college education? Sign me up. So, um, but, but no, I've, I've followed wrestling for a long time. I've got two, uh, two second cousins that are on the wrestling team right now uh, for Ohio State. So um, it is, it's been fun to watch the sport grow in Ohio State with it. Uh, you know, I mean, I think that the, the coverage on ESPN that seems to be expanding a little bit more and more every year. You know, they had the semifinals on on Friday and I think some of the earlier rounds as well on the, on the big network. But, uh, you know, I, I think that, that it's been very opportunistic that when it has been on that big stage, I mean, the finals matches on Saturday night, I was lucky enough to be there. But, uh, you know, I, I can imagine you know, that even – and I got a lot of uh, social media interaction with people. Like, you know, I didn't really know about wrestling or do, didn't understand most of it, but – I mean, it is one of the most exciting things that you can go to. I mean, when, once you learn the basics of it and learn the scoring procedures and stuff, I mean, it is. It, I mean, it's it's two guys going at it. I mean, there, there's no there's there's nowhere to hide. There's no no timeouts. There's no <laughs> you know thinking about anything. It's just two guys for seven minutes to, going at it and and seeing who's best. And uh, you know, Ohio State has had a pretty good run. You know, Tom Ryan has, has come in and. You know, you, you got to credit Russ Hellickson for, for taking a program that really was non-existent back in uh, 1987 and bringing it in kind of just to the discussion on the national stage. You know, a couple second-place finishes, starting to get some of those national champions that came through. And then, uh, you know, Tom Ryan, who's, who's been able to really take it to the next level, obviously winning the national championship last year, uh, finishing third. He's had a couple second-place finishes and, and, and really – has done a phenomenal job with, with recruiting and everything to, to bring in some of these top tier talent guys. And, and it's, it's, you know, it's taken some time as, as it does with anything, but, but Ohio state is starting to get known as that wrestling school. And, and you're going to continue to see these, these young studs from all around the country come in and, and, and participate. Here. You know, Matt, I'm, I'm one of those guys who, you know, I just sort of stumbled on it last year a little bit and and it wasn't a big wrestling fan and I, I watched those you know some of the matches on ESPN here the last uh, weekend and you know I just watching Snyder go up against Gwizdowski in the heavyweight you know uh, championship match I had my heart in my mouth the whole time I was like I was really like into it and it, it was a great match and I just want to know, like, from my perspective and maybe many of other listeners who maybe are new to it, like, I thought that, that Snyder was done in the third and and then he, you know, he had that big comeback and had to, you know, had to get the ride time down to get to, to sudden victory. How rare is that type of a comeback in, in a big match like that? It's super rare. I mean, you're, you're talking about, and, and it's funny, I was talking to Tommy Rollins earlier today and we're just kind of talking about, you know, the weekend and everything. And... You know, he he made the comment, and, and it resonated with me, too, because I feel the same way. You know, the heavyweight weight class is, is a little bit interesting. You know, a guy like Wisdowski has been able to dominate because of his athleticism. You know, I mean, a lot of times you don't get guys that are that big and that athletic. And and he is, and, and, and you don't – I guess you kind of take that for granted a little bit when he's won two national titles. But, but he's a world – I mean, he's not even just an NCAA class athlete. He's a world-class athlete. And for, for Kyle Snyder to come back – 
30 seconds down, you know, down what he was down, able to, 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 to get the takedown, go to overtime, get another takedown. You know, for, for people who don't know wrestling and, and are just, you know, kind of equating this to, to, you know, follow 11 Warriors in the dubcast for football, this is basically like a college freshman going in and playing in the NFL and being an all-pro. I mean, that, that's, that's exactly what Kyle Snyder is doing right now and how rare it is what he's mm. able to do. I mean, he, he's on the world stage beating, you know, 28, 30-year-old men from Russia who <laughs> I mean, may, may or may not be on steroids as, as more and more of them have come out. But, you know, he's beating guys that, that are the best in the world at what they do who just train year-round to do this. And, you know, and he's a 19-year-old kid and he's the world champion. I mean, that, that is the equivalent of, of just coming out, you know, coming out of high school and being as dominant as a Peyton Manning. I mean, that, that's really what we're talking about. I mean, and, and to be able to respect that level of talent is, is pretty amazing. He's a guy that's going to come around, you know, once in a generation. But, uh, but I mean, and, and if you've ever spent any time around him, that's just that's who he is. I mean, that's what he's doing. And, you know, he was, you know Tom tweeted out a picture. He's back training on Monday. You know, I mean, he, he's back in the room and, and working because they've got the Olympic trials coming up here next month. So, I mean, that, that kind of rare athlete, I mean, and, and it transgresses sports. I mean, you know, whatever sport it is, basketball, football, green, baseball, those guys are the guys that, you know, that want the ball, that want that pressure, that, that perform well under that pressure, where that, where that pressure doesn't affect them, where they're able to just go in and get the job done. And uh, he was able to do it. I mean, it was a, it was a pretty, pretty incredible. I mean, you know, it, it was the best heavyweight match I've ever seen. And I've watched wrestling for, you know, probably 30 years. So, I mean, I got to tell you, I mean, I, I as someone kind of like Michael, I mean, I, I was kind of acquainted with wrestling in high school. I never played it, but I had a lot of friends who did, uh, who wrestled, and, and, you know, I've got a lot of close friends who've done that uh, for a long time. Um, I, I really respect the sport, but I'm also kind of, I would say at least new to the nomenclature and the terminology and whatnot. Can you talk just a little bit about the, the more technical aspects of the sport? Because I think a lot of people might watch this on television and go, all right, these are a couple dudes grappling, but what are some of the more <laughs> difficult things to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, they're, oh, well, that guy threw the other guy. And, like, what does that mean? Or they're, you know, they're riding on their back or whatever. But, like, what are some of the more difficult aspects of that sport to really nail down as an athlete, as someone who wants to be good at this, as opposed to somebody just to throw people around? Well, I mean, it, it is, it's, it's very technical. I mean, and, and that's, that's what, what's I think kind of hard to translate through the TV if you've never done it, if you've never participated in it. Um, the technique involved is, is super, super, you know, high level stuff. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's basically taking a guy from his feet to, a, to the mat. I mean, you know, being able to do that. And if you've ever just rolled around with your buddies drunk one night, sometimes <laughs> you, you know how hard that can be to, to do that when another guy's trying to fight with you. It's, you know, I mean, it's, it's the oldest sport in the world, and it's a, it's a basic, you know, it's, it's a basal instinct of, you know, you, you trying to, to impose your will on someone else. And, you know, I mean, they're, they're, it's very, very technical, but I think that, that what, has been, what has been great for the sport is it's been able to be, uh, when you listen to the commentators, I think they, they've done a pretty good job of, of just kind of, not for, for lack of a better term, dumbing it down for the, for the public, because that's what you need to do to, to get people engaged into it. And, and to find out, you know, what it's about and why it's so exciting. I mean, you know, th that's that's the great part about wrestling is because so much of it happens, you know, at the last 30 seconds. I mean, the, the, you're scoring flurries and those kind of things. If you watch, you know, a lot of those finals matches, they happen at the last 30 seconds. And it's not it's not happening and then stopping the action. It's continuous, continuous action to where, you know, it's it's 
it's, there's never a lull. I mean, the, you know, watching those 10 finals matches, I think there were probably two out of eight that weren't really, I guess, exciting. You know, I mean, if, if you're a casual fan to watch. So, you right. know, I, I, I think that, you know, as more and more people see it and as more and more people understand it and as more and more people realize it's not that hard to understand, you know, I mean, it's, it's taking a guy from his feet to, you know, to the mat. It's turning the guy to his back. I mean, it's, it's you know, you being in the dominant position. It, it, it's really that simple, and, and it's not intimidating for people to understand. And as more and more people, I think, get to understand that the sport will, will continue to grow. I think that, you know, the, the fact that it was almost out of the Olympics has really caused a big rebirth in wrestling. You know, the, the, the wrestling fan base is a super, super passionate fan base that doesn't really speak up a lot, but when that happened, I mean, you saw a really united front from, you know, the junior wrestling and the kids in, in, in elementary school all the way up to the fans of the international wrestling and, and freestyle and Greco-Roman, and it really started to bring the sport back and, and into the into the spotlight a little bit more, and I think that uh, obviously the ratings, um, you know, I talked to, to someone on Monday, the ratings were through the roof for, for the Saturday night's final, so, so is that going to continue more and more people, you know, just just if, if, when they give it a chance and start to understand it, I mean, it, it's an it's an incredibly exciting sport. Well, it's a good thing that that big uh, exciting heavyweight match was on when a lot of people were watching because that'll that'll you know help <laughs> help it down the stretch. Uh, yeah, Matt, I mean, one... and, and Miles Martin was was another one. You know, a true freshman kid. Yeah, you know, he's an 18 year old kid who's who's going up. He's been beaten by that guy from Penn State three different times this year. And, you know, ends up coming out and throwing the guy and winning the match. I mean, you know, the, the, those are some exciting, exciting things that happens. And Ohio State fans should, should really take notice of that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's exactly what I was going to ask you about next. I was going to ask you about Miles Martin. And, and he comes in as the number 11 seed as a true freshman, had um, planned to redshirt um, mm-hmm. and started the season with, you know, redshirting. And then, you know, midseason they decided to go for it. And he comes out and... Get like you said, he, he loses three times to the same guy. And how do you mentally approach that? You here, here you are wrestling for a national championship as a true freshman against a guy who's beaten you three times. And how do you, you know, like how does Miles Martin approach that and and say what am I going to do different to get a different result? Well, I think if you've watched Miles Martin, you know, progress from the time they pulled the red shirt off of him, I think his first match was against Michigan. And you could just tell that he wasn't quite ready yet. And it's been pretty incredible to watch him um, really develop in such a short period of time from a guy who just wasn't quite ready yet for collegiate wrestling against, you know, top 20 type opponents that just, you know, wasn't able to score, wasn't able to finish moves off and get those points, uh, you know, early on and, you know, in December and January to what he has turned into. I mean, the development has been pretty incredible uh, of what he's been able to do. So I, so I think the confidence for him came from knowing that that progression has been happening, you know, each day, you know, that he's been getting better in the room each, each day, every match of competition at the college level, he's starting to understand a little bit more. And, uh, and I think Tom saw that, you know, with him in, in the wrestling room. And that's why he felt confident enough to make the move that he did. I mean, it was, it was a gamble. I mean, don't make no mistake about what, what he did at pulling those red shirts of those guys <laughs> and having it work out where both red shirts that were pulled yeah. ended up being national champions. Okay. No uh, you know, I mean, he, you know, Tom did it at a time where Hunter Stever was still wrestling. So, you know, that was a guy who, who they expected to score a lot of points at the NCAA tournament. And if you put him in the lineup and, uh, you know, have a couple other things fall your way, you know, you're, you're contending for the title again. 
And that's when he did that. Then when you lose Hunter Stieber, that could have just blown up in his face where he's just like, okay, well, now we don't really have a shot at winning. We're going to have to really come out of nowhere to, to place in the top four and to get a trophy. And then to have the two guys that you were able to pull the red shirt for go up and get the points that they did and win national championships. And, and you know, the other guys that were there able to compete and, and bump them up into third place, you know, on Saturday, um, you know, Nathan Tomasello and Bo Jordan coming back and winning both their matches to place third each, you know, it was, Ohio State didn't lose a match on Saturday. And, and that took them from basically from fifth place to third place. And that was, uh, it was, I mean, the guys just came back out and wrestled really well. Yeah, it's, the whole thing I think was just really thrilling, and I, you know, it's it's great that I think in a season, a basketball season has been really disappointing. Um, we can turn to, and it, this is how I always phrase it, but it's the the true Midwestern art form of uh, wrestling. So I I think it's cool that we were able to talk about it and kind of bring it to light a little bit. Um, the next thing I want to talk about, let's shift a little bit to football, and we've got spring practices kind of going on a little bit. And I think you can argue maybe to how effective or how important they are necessarily in the spring. But as far as units go, what would be the most important unit on the team to really kind of progress during this uh, this first part? You of know, season? I think I think the one that that everyone's going to look at the most so far here, and I think this spring practice is probably one of Urban's probably the, the most crucial spring practice he's had since the first one that he had when he came and didn't really know what he was getting into. Um, right. Just because of the the amount of people that, that, you know, we lost last year, the amount of top flight talent. And, you know, you had these recruiting classes, the top five recruiting classes that have come in every year. But, you know, we've been in dog fights and, and fighting for, you know, playoff spots and everything. So these younger guys just haven't had the chance to, to get that experience and get that playing time. So, you know, this spring is, is big for all of them. I mean, you're going to fill a ton of starting spots. You're going to know, you know, who's going to be the guy that you can count on come fall. But I think that, that if you look at it, I mean, obviously the offensive line is, is a big, big area that, uh, that, you know, again, a lot of talented guys. You move offline to center, which I think is going to be a fantastic move. I think he's going to compete for the Remington Trophy this year. I mean, I just I, I love Pat, and I, I think that he's that good. I think that's his natural position, and, and I think that, that he's really going to excel, and I think that's going to be a big help of holding those guys together, you know, making the calls and getting people where they need to be because he's a very cerebral player as well. But how that offensive line comes together, how that tackle position comes together, you know, replacing Taylor Decker, uh, that, that's going to be the one that I'm going to be looking at the most. I mean, how those guys are going to be able to compete. I think you've got a ton of talent on the defensive line, and it's, it's, it's easier. I think, you know, you've got guys with a lot of playing time in there to replace some of those guys that have left. You know, um, Sam Hubbard had a ton of playing time, and, and Tracy Sprinkle got a lot of playing time. So you're going to have a lot of guys that, that got playing time on a defensive line because uh, that's, I think, the other unit that, that everyone's looking at where you lost a ton of talent with Bosa and Washington. But, uh, but yeah, I think that the offensive line is the one that everyone's going to really be keeping an eye on. And it's going to take some time. I don't think it's going to be something that's really going to, you know, solidify over the course of spring. It'll probably be midway through, through you know, fall camp before that offensive line really starts to gel. Uh, you know, the other positions, I think, obviously, a defensive backfield, you know, losing a lot of guys back there. Again, right. a ton of talent, and you're able to work through some guys, you know, at the nickel position throughout the year. Uh, but, you know, you're, repl- you're replacing both safeties. Uh, you know, I mean, you, you've got to find those sure tacklers and those guys that are going to be able to come in and make the calls and get everyone aligned. And then I, I think the other thing that defensively to, to look at is, is how does Raekwon McMillan progress as the leader? You know, I mean, it's been Josh Perry and it's been Darren Lee. They've, they've been the vocal guys there. 
Those guys are gone now, and it's all on Raekwon McMillan. So he's the middle linebacker for that defense. How is he going to step up and take that mantle? You know, all those guys who were vocal leaders before, the Titus Powells, and like I said, the Josh Perrys and the Darren Lees, they're gone now. So that defense needs a leader, and, and I'd look to see how Raekwon McMillan fills those shoes as the leader of that defense. You know, offensively, you got a big, big bonus with JT Barrett coming back. Uh, you know, having a, a chance to, to get through the spring and get some more reps. You know, maybe not not having the controversy that was at the beginning of fall camp last year with who's in and who's out and who's going to play and how much and everything else. Really letting him progress. I think the talent level at the skill positions is always going to be there. And yes, it hurts losing to Zeke and a Mike Thomas and those guys. But, you know, that, that's one thing at Ohio State. We've never lacked for, talent, for talented skill players, and I don't think that that's going to happen, you know, this year. So you've got a leadership person in, in JT Barrett. You've got a leadership guy in Pat Elfline. Those two guys are going to anchor that offense and get them going pretty well. You know, Matt, you talked about the defensive backs a little bit, and, and one of the things that happened uh, this offseason is that Urban Meyer made uh, what I guess among the fans would be maybe his most polarizing hire uh, since he's been in Columbus in hiring Greg Schiano. Uh, have you spent much time around Greg Schiano? Do you, what what do you know about him and what he brings to the program? And is spring practice really the time when he can make his mark on this team? Well, you know, Greg has been around the program here for the last couple of years. Uh, you know, he's been around the Woody Hayes. He's been just, you know, not an advisor or whatever, but he's just been around. So it's not a brand-new face that, that they're just bringing in here. Um, you know, my impression of Greg is he's a very, very intense and talented coach. I think this is more suited to his skill set than being a head coach. Um, you know, he, he's a guy who wants to be kind of down in the dirt, in the trenches with the guys, with the players. He's very technique-oriented. So I think that he's going to do a really good job. I mean, he's a phenomenal recruiter. I saw him two years ago with Woody Hayes. You know, they're sitting in the defensive meeting room. He was just sitting in. And I walk in, I'm talking to Luke, and he introduces us, and he's like, oh, yeah, I remember. I recruited you when I was at Penn State. You ran a 14-7 in the high hurdles. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, that's freaking 20 years later, and, he, you know, he remembers that kind of stuff. So, you know, I mean, he, he's a guy who I think will, will fit in really well with, with Urban's style. I think he fits in really well with Luke's style of coaching as well. He's very aggressive, but very, you know, technique and detail-oriented. So, you know, I, I don't see that as going outside the box very much for, for, for what – you know, the, the transition from Everett Withers to Chris Ash was a big one just because Everett Withers had a totally different philosophy than what Luke Fickle and Chris Ash do. You know, Greg Schiano has the same philosophy as what Luke Fickle and Chris Ash did. So I don't see that transition being much of a big factor as everyone's trying to make it out to be. All right. And finally, uh, Matt, we really want to ask you about um, Kevin Randleman. Um, he unfortunately passed away here recently. DJ has an article that is publishing on Wednesday, so when this gets published. And I know you guys, you know, kind of were, you know, you kept in touch and you knew him. And I just want to know if you had any thoughts or comments or anything about that and, and, and just kind of, you know, who he was as a person. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm excited for this article to come out. I didn't, uh, uh, I was there that night when, when he was interviewing guys, and I just, uh, you know, it was tough for me to talk about. I, I did know Kevin uh, pretty well. Uh, it was, um, you know, when I came in as a freshman, it was Kevin's senior year at Ohio State, and, uh, you know, I hung out with a lot of the wrestling guys, as Luke and I did, you know, so we got to know him pretty well, and it was just a friendship that, uh, you know, that, that we stayed in touch throughout the years, you know. I mean, it was his son, Cal, who, uh, you know, played, uh, was at Akron for a while and ended up to finish his college football career at UNLV. You know, I, was, I would talk to him. He was an outside linebacker, and I would talk to him every week. 
you know, about, you know, what's going on and how he can be better and those kind of things. I mean, and, and Kevin was just uh, – he's one of those guys that, that, you know, you can't say enough about. And, I, and, I, and I'm sure this article is going to be great because I know the guys that were there that, that talked to him and talked about him. And, uh, I mean, he, he's a – you know, for the larger-than-life image that he portrayed – you know, with the hair and the jumping and, you know, jumping over the cage when he was getting the MMA stuff and the thing that he did, yeah. the two-time national champ here at Ohio, first ever two-time national champ at Ohio State. You know, I mean, for, for all those things that, that he was bigger than life for as an athlete, he was bigger than that as a person. I mean, he, he's a guy that I think that you've seen it kind of on social media if you've kept an eye on this stuff with Kevin, that everyone feels like that, that you know, they've lost a, a big part of him because he made you feel that way. You know, he, he gave 100% in every in every relationship and every interaction. And, you know, I mean, he's a guy that, you know, would call me at 2 in the morning and my and my wife wouldn't get mad. That's that's one of the, <laughs> that's the nicest thing I could say about it because he just, if he wanted to talk, if he needed to talk to you about something and get something off his chest, he would just call you. And, you know, I mean, and he was he was a great guy. And, and it's, it's one of those people that, uh, you know, I'm talking to those guys that night and we're sitting there and, you know, telling stories about him, but, the, the amount of passion and the amount of just pure life that Kevin lived, it, it almost makes it almost makes sense that he, you know, he wouldn't make it. He would. He, Kevin Randleman was never going to be a 75 year old guy sitting in a rocking chair in a nursing home. It just, you know, right. he did, he was never going to be that guy. I mean, he lived life way, you know, in a positive way. So full, so all in on everything that he did with his family, with his wife, with his kids, you know, with his wrestling club, with you know, going back and, and you know, he and, and Karen Mendoza, who Ray was, uh, you know, Ray Mendoza, who was a Ohio State wrestler as well, who passed away, he was killed in Iraq. Um, you know, they were college roommates. And, you know, Kevin would go and, you know, to the military bases in San Diego and all over the world, you know, and visit with Marines and, and, and Army guys and would put everything that he had into that. So, you know, I mean, it, it, it's a tough blow. I mean, it, it was, it was a uh, you know, it's funny. I was waking up that morning. It was my birthday, <laughs> and uh, and he passed oh, wow. that night before. And uh, man, just a you know, nothing more shocking than than that. But at the same time, I think that you know he's left a legacy uh, for a lot of uh, Ohio State guys. I mean, and, and and just people in general to follow. I mean, he there, there's nothing more that Kevin loves sports wise than than Ohio State, whether it's football, wrestling, whatever it is. I mean, he had the Buckeye tattoo on his chest, right over his heart. You know, was inducted in the Hall of Fame and. And it was one of his proudest moments. So, you know, an Ohio guy who came from uh, from a really, you know, not a great upbringing, and just and fought his whole life, and uh, and, and and you know, came from nothing and, and ended up with everything. And you know, it's a it, it, it's a tough blow, but uh, but you know, I, I think that uh, the outpouring that we've seen, you know, from the wrestling world, from the MMA world, you know, just from from the Ohio State people, it, it shows a lot to what Kevin meant to everybody. Yeah, he's he's leaving one hell of a legacy, and I think. I don't know. I, I think it's great that hopefully we can maybe get out his story a little bit, and some more people can appreciate that. Because everything that I've heard and read, it's I, it sounds it's true to everything that you just said. And I really appreciate you coming on and talking about him because I, I think he's a dude whose story needs to be heard by more people. So Absolutely. that's really I mean, it's, it's, it's a great story. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for talking so much about wrestling too and football. I mean, you covered everything tonight. Uh, thank you. Anytime, so much. if you want to hit synchronized swimming next week, I can uh, I can, I can talk a little bit about. I think we're going hey, for twenty ninth national, national championship, championship again, man. So, yeah, hey, we're yeah, dynasty. Screw around. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, we'll have to have you on a little bit later too to talk about maybe uh, the end of the spring game and whatnot. Sounds good, guys. Talk to you soon.
All right, thanks to Matt Finkus for talking to us uh, about all kinds of things, not just football, but but just lots of things in life. And now it is time for Ask Us Anything. Yeah. Yay! Hooray for Ask Us Anything. Uh, Michael, can you tell these good folks at home how they can ask us anything? I can. In fact, they can they can hit us up on Twitter, and our Twitter handle is at eleven dubcast. Spell it all out. And uh, they can also email us. Uh, you know, just like your grandma used to do. Uh, email us at dubcast at 11warriors.com and again spell out 11 and uh, that's how you can uh, ask us anything all right well michael let's start off with the twitter questions all right we got so michael hall wants to know uh, why do i not trust greg shiano uh you don't trust greg shiano because he is a shady character who uh once lived in new jersey and uh i don't know you know kind of ran an nfl team into the ground so, <laughs> I mean, look, there are plenty of pluses with Greg Schiano. I'm not, I'm not saying he doesn't know how to coach or anything like that, but I think you have apt reason to be suspicious. How about that? Uh, I would say it's probably because he stole your girlfriend. Yeah, wow. I didn't even know that about Michael, but now I do. Yeah, and Michael, he stole Michael's <laughs> girlfriend, and now he doesn't trust him. All right, next one. Uh, okay, so Earn Your Leaves wants to know, why isn't Walmart open on Christmas Day, Johnny? Uh, this is this is our our very good friend, uh, Mr. Edgel. Um, why isn't Walmart open on Christmas Day? Because for all of its part or all of its faults, all right, okay. Walmart understands that asking its employees to be present on a like nationally recognized federal holiday is complete BS, and that we all need to put aside commercialism for just a little bit. <laughs> And not like become slaves to you know corporate industry and, and interests and whatnot. I also hate I also hate businesses that ask their employees to come to work on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like, give me a break. All right, it's this well-established national holiday. Let's give some people a break without making them fear that they're going to lose their jobs if they don't show up on a holiday that is all about family and togetherness. Like screw that. That makes. Sense. Is that accurate though? Is is there has there not been a time when Walmart's been open on Christmas Day? I actually don't know. I, I I could swear that I recall, I don't stop at Walmart. I could I could swear that I recall them being open on Christmas at least once or something. But I, I think my answer to you is because of Jesus. That's why Walmart yeah. isn't open on Christmas Day. Very good. I'm going to hit the religion tag on our dubcast now. Uh, <laughs> All right. All right. Go for the next one. Okay. So uh, Rich Bruns wants to know why does ice cream make me and everyone else fat? Not fair. Uh, because it has a lot of sugar and fat in it. How about that? I'm not even going to be joking around with that. Don't eat a lot of ice cream. I mean, it's delicious, but I don't, in part because I'm lactose intolerant, but also because it's not good for Cut you. down on dairy, folks. Cut down on dairy. Yep. Uh, and Steve Michael wants to know, where are my keys? Steve, they're in your hand. Yeah, they're in your hand. Look in your they're hand. They're in your hand the whole time. Yeah, jeez, Steve. Come on. God, get it together. <laughs> That's all of our uh, Twitter questions. We thank you for, for asking those Yes. Uh, okay. Let's go to let's go to the emails here. Alvin wants to know uh, for you, what do you miss more, your gallbladder or Buckeye football? Uh, I don't miss my gallbladder at all. So obviously Buckeye <laughs> football. <laughs> yeah, I would. You're not you're not sitting. You don't sit alone. You know, at home at night. You know, with on your bed, like stroking a picture of I'm your not gallbladder. Not pining for my like, gallbladder. No, no. <laughs> um. All right. So he also has a question for me, which is my favorite Arnold Classic story. Uh, I don't really have a lot of good stories about the Arnold Classic. I've only gone three times, and 
usually it's pretty low key is there's just a crap ton of people. Although I did catch a couple of line jumpers, like at the Arnold, they have these booths, right? Where it's, it's for various, you know, supplement companies and whatever. Mm -hmm. And some of them, you know, they'll give away a lot. Like they'll give you a shirt and a bunch of other things. And so people will stay in the line for up to an hour, uh, to do this stuff and to get free samples and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And there, I caught a couple line jumpers and, I was I was not nice to them. I said, you got to get to the back of the line. I've been standing here for 40 freaking minutes. <laughs> I'm not letting people... We we live in a society of rules, okay? And I want to enforce those rules. Yeah. And so I did, and I told them that where the line you know started and where they needed to be. And the guy behind me was like, you're my hero. <laughs> and then his girlfriend was like, what'd that guy do? And he's like, he, he caught some line jumpers. And she was like, savage of the year. And I was like, yes! Savage so, of the year. Yeah, so I felt very empowered uh, by that. Um, all right. So John's got another uh, question here. Okay. A lot of, a lot of stuff here. Uh, first question. La I asked this last year, if I recall correctly, you picked the force awakens. So this year you get to go out to one movie in the theater. What do you pick? Batman V Superman, which is apparently a Supreme court case, uh, captain America, winter soldier, rogue squadron, ghostbusters, jungle book, or Jason Bourne. Uh, on Friday, the 25th, we get Batman V Superman. Uh, what would you pick, Michael? Wait a minute. Winter Soldier came out like a year and a half ago, didn't it? Or not Winter Soldier. Civil War. Sorry, my bad. Um, okay. In May. So it was it was uh, Batman v Superman, Captain America. What what are the other? Civil War. What are the other? Choices? Rogue Squadron. Okay. Uh, which is you know the Star Wars X Wing thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ghostbusters, Jungle Book, and Jason Bourne. Well, I have a feeling Ghostbusters is gonna be terrible. Um. Uh, yeah, so, I wanted it to be good too, but I don't. I don't Jungle think it will Book. Be. I, I think, really like um, Kate McKinnon. She's really funny. But Jungle Book's going to be kind of. I think it's going to be cool, but it's it's. It looks like it's going to be too scary for my kids, so I don't know about that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think I got to go with uh, either Captain America or the uh, the Rogue Squadron uh, Star Wars movie, and I think default setting on me is, is Star Wars above all. So uh, yeah. I'll go see that. I think that's fair. I'm going to go with uh, Civil War, Captain America Civil War. Spider-Man's in it. I saw a little clip of Spider-Man, that most recent trailer. Mm -hmm. That is enough for me. I love Spider-Man. He's my favorite superhero. I think Batman v Superman is going to be garbage. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, just Ben Affleck being in it sours it for me already. Yeah, you know what? I actually, I kind of, I've, I've come around on Ben Affleck, but I really hate Zack Snyder, the director. Mm -hmm. And Rogue Squadron could be all right. Yeah. It depends who's in it. and depends, you know, how it is. Uh, Ghostbusters... I want I want it to be good, but I really don't think it will be. Jungle Book sounds like maybe something cool to watch. Uh, if there's nothing else in the theaters, and Jason Bourne, I'm kind of tired of. Um, so I'm really all about Civil War. I want to see how that shapes out. Yeah. And so John, this is a very extensive question here. Okay. So on the Friday, twenty fifth, we get Batman v Superman. What fight would you like to see? We've already had Bruce Lee versus Chuck Norris, Godzilla versus Batman, Alien versus Predator. What two pop culture characters would you like to see duke it out? Um. Burt Bielema and Jim Harbaugh. Okay. He also gave us some. Uh, he gave us some options here. We got. <laughs> yeah, we got Ali versus Tyson, Jack Bauer versus Jason Bourne, and Ripley versus Sarah Connor. Um, if I'm picking for those three, I think I'm going to pick. Uh, I don't know. Ali versus Tyson might actually suck. Uh, I'll say Jack Bauer versus Jason Bourne. I think that would be pretty cool. I think it would be cool to see a lot of like. Gun Fu, as it were. <laughs> uh, finally, boneless wings are the meatloaf of the chicken world. Bam, in your face. I love meatloaf, and I make a damn fine meatloaf, so I, I take that as a compliment. All right, fair enough.
Uh, this is from Michael Ives. Michael wants to know uh, about JT Barrett. One, will he be drafted by an NFL team? Yes. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Just going to answer that, yes. Two, depending on the season that he has, is it possible he'll forego his senior year of football and declare for the draft? Possibly. I doubt it, but it could happen. Yeah, I'm in the doubtful uh, camp on that as well. Yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's likely, but it, it could. Uh, and then three, assuming all this happens, who would likely replace him? Who would likely replace him? I, yeah. I'm still very... Torrance Gibson. Just I'm still eager for the Joe Burrow uh, era. I'm very eager Joey for the... Joey uh, Yeah, I, I think Joey Burrow is, uh, is... He's a talented dude, and I think that a lot of people are sleeping on him. I think he could do it. I, You know, I, I think that's possible. I, it's always better, I think, to go... I mean, I'm going to contradict myself in like literally a second after finishing the sentence, but I think it's better to go with maybe with experience... Uh, over inexperience. On the other hand, JT Barrett has completely proven that to be wrong if you have the right person. <laughs> True. So, yeah, Joe Burrow, I think, would be the safe bet, but it might be some of the guys coming in this year. You may, you know, you never know. Yeah, it could be so, an incoming see. freshman, too. Yep. And finally here, uh, just want to make sure we got the last one here. Nope, that's it. Sorry. That's all? Miscounted. That's all our questions? That's, that's all of Ask Us Anything? That is all of Ask Us Anything. Aw, I was just getting started. I know, but it was it was great questions, and I really appreciate everybody who wrote in. Yeah. Remember, you guys can ask us anything by hitting us up on Twitter at Eleven Dubcast, or sending us an email uh, to Dubcast at ElevenWarriors.com. And that is our Eleven Dubcast. Muchas gracias to Mister Senor Matt Finkus for coming on and talking with us about. Uh, a lot of stuff, yeah. not just Ohio State football, but Ohio State wrestling and Kevin Randleman. A lot of a lot of really great stuff uh, from Finkus. I really appreciate you coming on and, and talking with us for so long because that was that was excellent. I really I really like yeah, that. Yeah, thanks, that Matt. Uh, and thank you for writing in with Ask Us Anything. And finally, Michael, I want to ask you a a personal question. A personal question. All right, as long as it's not too personal. Okay. What sport? I mean, we were talking a little bit about. Why do I do that? I always start a question, then I interrupt myself <laughs> to explain the question. <laughs> anyway, what sport do you believe is more deserving of attention? Because we talked a little bit about wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe how people don't quite appreciate it as much as they should, especially at Ohio State and in the Midwest. And by the way, okay, of the top ten finishers in the NCAA uh, wrestling there at the end, uh, six of them were from the Big Ten. Yeah. So you should appreciate it. If you're within the sound of my voice, I think that's a sport you should appreciate. So what sport do you believe does not get the appreciation that it should? There's two. There's two that I can think of. One of them is college hockey. I think a lot of people like the NHL, but they don't give the same level of support to college hockey, which has given us some of the better players that have made it into the NHL. So I, I think that college hockey is something that people should be going to more games, watching more on TV, and, uh, and getting more excited about it. I mean, I've seen, you know, Big Ten tournament games where this, the arena is only half full and stuff like that. So yeah. I, I like to see more people going to see Buckeye hockey games. Um, and the other, I think, maybe I'm biased because I used to cover it uh, when I worked for the, the paper in Amarillo, Texas, is mm-hmm. volleyball. I think that um, volleyball is a very exciting sport, and I think that... Um, it's a difficult sport, too. It, it is, and it is, it's crazy, crazy amounts of athleticism involved in that sport. Yeah, absolutely. So the timing and you know the the jumping ability and the ability to control the ball where it, when it's you know moving it like faster you can follow it with your eyes and that kind of thing. I mean, it's just an insane amount of skill involved in it, and I think that um, you know I think that that should be 
a sport that's on TV more and, and a sport that people should be paying more attention to. Yeah, I think those are two very good choices. I really, really enjoy college hockey. When I was at Ohio State, I must have gone. I, I probably went to like you know ten or twelve hockey games as much as I possibly could, like every year. It's a like, cheap I night really, out too, really. It is. It really was. And, and as a student, it was like five bucks, and it was just it was kick ass. It was a lot of fun. Um, I will give you. I mean, I you know I did this sport a lot when you know I was a kid. I swam competitively from the time I was about seven till the time I graduated high school. It was never very good, but I enjoyed it. I did it a lot, and I was on two separate swim teams. And I just think, look, I think a lot of times people who aren't super familiar with the sport, um, I I think they kind of have this vague idea that people just pop in the water and they go real fast and they're done. But it's kind of like wrestling, I think, that the little technicalities and the intricacies of the, the sport make it a lot more enjoyable for people to watch or at least understand once they actually get into it. Because like, I'll give you an example. When I'm watching the Olympics, I get really excited for it because they have so many great angles of the event itself. Mm-hmm. And if you know enough about swimming, you know, when guys are tapering, when they're trying to like slow down a little bit for the last maybe 50 or hundred meters. And you can really see the race develop because to me, it's almost like watching, you know, the Kentucky Derby or something like that. Because you, if you know enough about what's going on, you can absolutely see the flow of the race as it's unfolding. And to me, that's just really, really when cool. When people are making their move and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, because you, like, especially with a guy like Michael Phelps, when you know when he wants to turn on the Jets, right? Like every, he is so predictable every race when he wants to, to just kick it. Or when you see somebody like Katie Ledecky, who is like just flat out unbelievable at all points in the race, but then, you know, it's it's like she's winning, but she's not, like, killing everybody. And then the last, like, 200, it's like, well, everyone's dead at the end. <laughs> and, and you love that. And, yeah. and so I think swimming really deserves a little bit more credit for being a little more complicated than maybe people understand. Well, you so, reminded me, too, of, of a sport that I love during the Olympics, which is water polo. Love. Oh, man, water polo is another great example of that. best thing about water polo, aside from, like, the crazy action, is, like, uh, how – fast it is you know like the, the games are over just lickety split and so every single moment is really really important water polo is a great option for that mm-hmm. um i actually got a recruiting letter for water polo when i was in high school <laughs> uh not like not like a big time offer for some from a school or anything like that but like hey check out our water polo program you might could walk on or whatever i'm like no i don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> i would rather go to ohio state and just not worry about that um anyway that is our dubcast for this week uh, a point of order, we will be uh, on hiatus a little bit until after the spring game, which we will then talk about. Uh, we will talk about the NFL draft, because obviously that's such a significant event, so we'll have a dubcast after that, and then we're going monthly. So we'll be off for a few weeks. Uh, we will come back when there is some football of note to talk about, and then we'll talk about the draft, and then we'll, we'll roll on monthly from there, and then hopefully help you endure the long, dark off season. Yeah, it'll give you plenty of time to get your Ask Us Anything questions in. Absolutely. So until then, I'm John Aginner. I'm Michael Citro. Peace.